0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host as always, Kyler Kerbison. Today we have a special guest on, Jake Kane from the J-Boy Show. Uh, It's all about SEC and Auburn football, so we talk some SEC and Auburn and Tennessee football. I'm also going to break down the games over this past weekend and talk about the loss to Florida. So let's start the show. okay so before we uh, start the show gotta shout out our sponsors uh, bet online. So the NFL season is in full swing. you might not be at the game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online. So last week I gave you some locks of the week. Uh, one was Bill's minus two and a half over the 49ers. game is tonight so we'll see how that one turns out but the other one was Saints minus three and a half over the Falcons won that one. so your boys on a hot streak uh so this coming week you know it's kind of tough not all the spreads are out not all the over-unders are out but two games I'm going to look at Texans versus Bears the over is set at 46 over-under set at 46 I'm going over I think both teams could at least get into the 30s I know the Bears have a good defense but Deshaun Watson's a magician man so I'm taking it over there and then the Steelers versus Bills, the over under isn't out yet, but I'm still going to take the under. That's how confident I am in that. Both defenses are very good. The offenses have seemed stagnant recently. And I, I think this is a very low scoring, you know, 19 to 15 game, a lot of field goals. So those are my two locks of the week. Um, but you can uh, go over to Bet Online. Uh, From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so let's get into the great conversation I had with Jake Kane from the J Boys show. Awesome guy. And we saw eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Okay. So, first thing, I mean, coming off, uh, you know, Alabama week last week mm-hmm. and uh, seeing them firsthand, do you, I, I mean, do you think there is legit competition for Alabama anywhere?
1: Um, You know, when I look around, I- I know that Clemson has great players. Uh, They have some guys that are unproven in some spots. I know defensively they'd have some injuries. But, you know, it's obviously looking like we're going to a Florida-Alabama SEC championship game. And I think Florida can score enough to keep it a game with Alabama. The question is, can they get enough stops, especially against the run, because I know what Nick's going to do. He's going to go and try and run the ball. Keep Ford's offense off the field, take his shots, get a 10 point lead, and see if he can't let Najee ride him to the national or to the college football playoff, which I think they're going either way, you know, regardless if they live, you know, regardless if they beat Ford or not. Yeah. Uh, number one, because Mark Emmert hired Nick Saban at LSU and their best buddies. And number two, obviously Alabama is a big draw uh, nationally. It's a name brand that the college football playoff knows that will be successful financially, even in the weird times that we're in. But, you know, from a team standpoint, I think this Alabama team is really good. I think offensively, it's one of the best, obviously, Nick Saban's ever had. I think defensively, you know, they're a lot younger. They lost a lot of their pass rush from last year. But again, when you recruit five stars and you recruit at a high level consistently and you're chomping out one, two, three ranked classes, You're not going to have a problem with depth, and it's just going to take the young guys some playing experience to be able to get up to speed. But when I look around the country, I do think Alabama is the best team right now, and I'm a big fan of what Steve Sarkeesian has become offensively, because if you remember when he was out on the West Coast, out there in the Pac-12 at Washington – You know, they were a little more uh, pass happy. They weren't as balanced. Uh, Sark's always known he has to run the ball. And I think the NFL does that to you. I think the NFL shows you, man, number one, you always got to be evolving. And number two, you've got to be balanced on offense. You can't be one-dimensional or you can't be 75-25. And I just look, I think it's a great combination that Alabama has of elite talent, elite coaching, elite depth, and I, I think they're going to win the national championship. I, it just – they look so comfortable doing what they're doing, and the defense is starting to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I do think Alabama is the best team in the country.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just don't see a lot of weaknesses. I mean, they started the season, maybe their defense was their weakness. You know, it hadn't been as strong as years yeah. past of Alabama football. But, like you said, mm-hmm. as the year has gone on, they've gotten a little bit better. You know, I think that, like, Ole Miss game, where it was just back and forth, back and forth, yeah. is 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 – what would give Florida the confidence to say, Hey, well, if we score points, we're going to be okay. But yeah. You know, their defenses started to step up. They started to become uh, the powerhouse they're used to. And yeah, uh, yeah, I completely agree. National championship for sure. uh, With them. I I just don't see. And I do
1: Kirby, if you don't mind, I want to throw this in there real quick because I think you'll agree with me on this. Yeah. When, when I'm looking at Alabama And I'm looking at Florida, the saving grace for Florida, because remember, the teams that have had success against Alabama, let's think about it, right? You remember Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Who did they have? DJ Metcalf, A.J. Brown. They had elite NFL guys on the outside for matchups because we both know Kirby. I mean, shoot, both played the game. You know, the game comes down to matchups eventually. You know, yeah. plays are great, schematics are great. But if I'm the quarterback and I see Kyle Pitts over there on the solo side of three by one, and there's a corner with no help behind him, I don't know what idiot would do that. But I don't care what the play is. I'm throwing the jump ball to Kyle Pitts because yeah. it's just like if I see LeBron running down the court getting ready for an alley oog, I don't care if there's an oak tree in front of him, I'm throwing it. So, uh, at the end of the day, I think Florida has the guys. Whether it's it's Grimes, I believe the big guy number eight, they have some guys, especially because you know as well as I do, Kirby, when you get down into that red zone, yep. that's where those guys, especially against Bama, when that field condenses, when that field shrinks, that's where those power forwards and the and the and the shooting guards like Kadarius Tony and all the little weapons that Dan Mullen has in his little cupboard, he can really use to try and get touchdowns because we both know. You can't kick field goals and beat Alabama. And the only person that thinks that is Gus Malzahn and hopefully he won't be allowed to make decisions anymore, but I'm sure we'll get to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I completely agree. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is out of this world and I, I, I don't consider him a tight end. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah. he's just a huge wide receiver. I mean, he's, a, he's, <laughs> he's a, a Calvin man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's yeah, that's a great can do out there. And it's, Shocking to see teams still try and play man coverage versus him.
1: Yeah. I I, I, I don't know
0: with that. Um, And, you know, you mentioned Gus Malzahn. Uh, I was going to get into, you know, this game that you guys have the, you know, you guys versus Texas A&M. So we're recording this before the games happen. So if we're (laughs) uh, more cheerful right now, that is the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So, Texas A&M came out as number five in uh, Uh the rankings. Do you think – because they said, you know, we were thinking of flipping it with Ohio State. Do you think Texas A&M deserves a number four spot?
1: Well, you know, right now I think there's some stuff that has to happen. Now, now I want to say this, all right? I think Texas A&M is a very, very good football team, and not because of Kellen Mond. Not because of of anything other than up front on both sides of the ball, they've taken a big step. Uh, the offensive line with McCullum, Green, those guys have been you know a real pleasant surprise. I, I go on a Texas A&M show all the time, and those guys just can't believe how good the offensive line is. They got a brand new offensive line coach uh, who's doing a heck of a job over there. But you know when I watch A&M and I look at this schedule, they got a huge win against Florida. And right now, if they were to stop everything, I don't believe you let Ohio State in playing five or six games. You just can't. Yeah, you there's can't. No I, you, you, there's no way. I don't think they'll be able to do it. But when I look at it right now, if you're because I think they're talented enough, but I don't know if Mond is good enough to be able to win a playoff game. Because what, what's going to happen with Texas a is this. When they're able, and it's just like any offense, but when they're able to run the ball, and protect Kellen Mond with Isaiah Spiller and give him short, easy throws, hitches, swings, quick screens, tailback screens, then they're, they're humming on offense because Kellen Mond does not throw a good deep ball and he's not a pure passer. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. He can take off when he needs to. He does have that dimension. But if you make Kellen Mond try and beat you with his arm, you see what happened against LSU last week. And I know there was a couple of weeks and there I, I always laugh because it's like, oh, well, he was rusty. Well, I, you know, Kirby, I don't know Kellen Mond personally, but I'm pretty sure that he's played football his whole life and a couple of weeks <laughs> off, he's not going to forget how to throw. So yeah. I, I don't understand that. That'd be like, like basketball season ends, you take two weeks off, go to the court and you don't know how to shoot. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. So and, and he's still I do believe that those three weeks and it's you're like, still practicing. Yeah. <laughs> come on, grow up, Peter Pan. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like that, that's, it's not a real thing. It's like when they call the quarterback, a game manager, that makes no sense. Every quarterback's a game manager. What what do you yeah. not want a game manager out yeah. there? You want, he's like, listen, i just don't even care about anything, you know, within the parameters of what we're trying to do always find that funny there should be another term because that one sucks but anyways you know I look at AM, and if you're not able to protect Mond then it's almost the oh no we got to take the risk factor let's close our eyes and and see if he can throw his way to it and they haven't had to be in that situation because if you remember the Florida game they were very balanced on offense and what Spiller the two best friends that Kellen Mond has all right outside of Watermeyer who's an absolute freak show at tight end is that offensive line And Isaiah Spiller because they protect him. And what do they do? What do you do? You know, Kirby, when you're running the ball, you're pounding at somebody, and they can't stop it. They got to start creeping those safeties up. They got to start loading that box a little bit. They got to start taking more chances. And that's when Texas A&M gets you. So if they can establish the run, because I think Auburn and Texas A&M's philosophy for this game offensively is about the exact same, uh, in that you've got to run to open up the pass. So if they're able to run the ball, I think they can score some points. But if not, it's going to be a fist fight.
0: Well, I hope so. I mean, I, sometimes when I watch Auburn and, you know, when, even when we played him, I thought there's a lot of times where Gus Malzahn is putting so much in Bo Nix's hands. And I don't yeah. know, you know, you said game manager, it's almost like you're not as good of a quarterback. Like, that's just what that means is yeah yeah we should have like you're a,
1: yeah like it, we, we should change the term we should create a term on here Kirby what, what do you think would be a good term to describe a guy that may not be super athletic but does a good job of not screwing the game up should, should we call that cruise control he's a cruise <laughs> control guy he's
0: on he's on airplane mode he's on
1: airplane mode there yeah, you like, go Doug. I uh, like that
0: but I, I think like I think sometimes you know Putting too much on Bo Nix. I love your guys' new, your freshman running backs and Bigsby and Richards. Yeah. I think they're beasts. Yeah. Um, and I do think that's the way you win games is running the ball. And heck yeah. I've seen a lot of like Bo Nix design runs where he is the running back on the play, which I don't think he, like, he's not Cam Newton. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, not yeah. And, and Josh Dodds, like, him was too. for
1: There's us. None. Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: not, he's not the guy yeah, and he's, he's going to be able to yeah. make that move and be able to, you know, find the hole. It, like he's an airplane mode guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's to me when I watch him, like, cause he is athletic, he is fast, but you know, the thing with him that, especially against South Carolina is they gave him too many RPOs. They gave him too many chances to pull the ball out of tank Bixby's chest and throw the quick hitch or the quick slant. And it cost him three or four drives. And, and look, I think Bo, it can be the star of the show. He can be the Andy Griffith, but he needs a supporting cast around him. To win some, yeah, he needs a Barney Five. He needs some guys to win some supporting actor awards. Seth Williams, Tank Bigsby. Because if you watch the LSU game, and listen, I don't think LSU could you know stop a nosebleed defensively at some points during the year, but Auburn was really aggressive on first down. And the whole key to Bo Nix, I'm gonna the key to but and, and it's amazing, you know, how everybody sees this, but half the time it doesn't get fixed. Is Bo Nix has to play through the pocket. Now that doesn't mean that. You know, you can't escape uh, when it breaks down and do that and do that. But when he escaped up in the pocket, even scrambling against LSU, you're much more effective because people, you know, in high school, you know, Kirby, you can roll outside and run past the D DN and make crazy throws or get to the edge and get the first down. It's almost like playing the video game on like varsity mode. You're mm-hmm. able to get that extra 20 yards. But once, once he had to start sitting in the pocket and those avenues outside weren't there, He was making really, really poor decisions early, especially uh, back across his body in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And Auburn has to do a good job, like I said, of being balanced, being aggressive on first down so that it's not all up to Bo Nix having to run the ball, you know? And and I understand keeping the zone read. I understand running some power read. I understand running some Q power. But Bo Nix isn't 6'6", 250, you know, to your point. And there's nobody behind him. And they got a kid named Grant Lloyd, but I don't think, you know, he could throw it into the ocean out of a helicopter. And <laughs> I just, if you're Auburn and it's the end of the year now, so I guess you could take some more risks, but going forward, you've got to have some semblance of a quarterback run game. I do believe in that because you can't account for him. Mm-hmm. But when you have a guy like Tank Bigsby, who I think can be one of the best to do it and Mark Anthony Richards and some guys behind him, you want to be balanced. Those guys got to get their touches and Bo's got to really start to become a guy that that dominates from the pocket outside, similar to what you've seen from Matt Jones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, you know, I think like, um, like one of the best, you know, running quarterbacks that we thought of in our head is Johnny Menzel. But really, when yeah. you look at it, he was a scrambler first, and then he was running quarterback draws. It wasn't necessarily like mm-hmm. running mm-hmm. a ton of read option, running, you know, quarterback counters, mm-hmm. it, it was, I'm going to yeah. make some They weren't running moves. the triple. <laughs> no, like I'm going to make some moves with my feet yeah. and, you know, get out of trouble. Yeah. And I think Bo Nix can do that. I think he's very, very athletic. So. I agree. I agree. I completely agree with you. Um, speaking of Cam Newton, I, I, I wondered if this is the same for Auburn fans, but Peyton Manning for UT fans is seen as this god among men, and you know, one one SEC, like won a SEC championship, didn't win a national championship, didn't win a Heisman, but you got Cam, who's done both. You know, number one draft pick, just like Peyton was. Won MVP yep. in 2015. Is he seen as like that top echelon in Auburn? Oh, dude! Denmark? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. I always say, and not saying he would do this, but Cam Newton could shoot somebody in the middle of the street of downtown Auburn. Nobody'd say a word. (laughs) Oh, uh, he, man, you know what he did? Auburn hadn't won a national championship since 1957 in the eighties. You know, they were close and had some stuff happen back you know the way they used to vote it in and then in the 90s and then in 2004 you go undefeated with Cadillac Williams and all them and you don't get a shot and they put big leg Jason White and that sorry Oklahoma team in the game just to get their pants pulled down by Reggie Bush and USC and laugh that's why I believe that Oklahoma should have had to sit out the the next three to five national championships for embarrassing (laughs) everybody and wasting all of our time similar to Notre Dame and my man Titeo and them which I got a hilarious story about watching that game but he's held in the highest regard. I mean, there's a statue outside him. He did everything. I mean, he, he came in and won every game beat out, came back to beat Alabama 24 to nothing at their place, uh, which never happens uh, was unbelievable against Georgia dominated in a way that I've never seen. And he made Auburn. He brought Auburn swag back to where it wasn't a, uh, it was fun to play for Auburn. It was a little risque to play for Auburn. You come to Auburn, you know, you, you're you going to get the Cam Newton doing the Superman and, and that stuff. And in recruiting, it really helped. But, you know, Gene Chiswick was fired, you know, a couple years later because just like at Orgeron, I guess they went on the, you know, we won one now. I'm going to write a book and not coach to her. And <laughs> you see what happens now. Will that happen to Orgeron? You know, I don't know um the only difference between him and chizik is i can understand what chizik says when he talks but uh is yeah yeah that boy really knows how to spice the gumbo (laughs) oh uh but uh no i he i mean he's cam man i mean he's he's cam i mean he's got a key to the city he's superman i mean he used to ride around on a scooter um you know, and, and you just thought it was the Bentley. So, I mean, yes, Cam Newton and look, I'll say this and people are like, Oh, well, y'all paid them. Number one, everybody pays everybody. If you don't think Jeremy Pruitt's paying recruits, come on, wake up. Everybody pays everybody. <laughs> if you have any, uh, Jeremy Pruitt just didn't stop paying people when he left Alabama. So, and there's look, that's, that's just how it is. That's how it is. But, yeah. uh, and I don't, I don't judge. Um, but no, nah, man, I mean, it's Cam, baby. It's like he said, it's an ongoing investigation.
0: That's right, that's right. Um, so what would, you know, bringing it into UT talk, as uh, it, an outsider looking at, you know, you're Auburn fan first and SEC fan, but how do you view the Tennessee program, you know, what it's been through ups and downs recently yeah. and like yeah. everything that's going on on that side?
1: Yeah, well, see, I'm I'm 31. So, you know, I grew up, Tennessee is a name brand to me. You know, you're you're a state school. You are the school. Um, nobody, you know, Tennessee State is whatever. Vandy yeah. is whatever. Middle Tennessee is whatever. Y'all are the flagship of of the state. And what 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 surprises me about Tennessee is that I think you guys have one of the smartest fan bases, especially nowadays from a social media standpoint. But my question is at what point does Tennessee say we have to have a quarterback dog? Cause like, I remember T Martin. I remember Peyton cause Damian Craig's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. Um. And I remember, I always remember Tennessee being a team that if you played, and this was before 2004, I think 2004 in my eyes when Auburn played them I and, you know, Ronnie Brown ran over Jason uh, Williams, I believe. And, all that stuff,
0: yeah. I was at that but game, like, that was that was tough.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 almost like Tennessee is almost there. Like, now just have a quarterback, dog. That's Y'all have what a quarterback. I like. You're straight, like, that's what most Tennessee fans like. I, I have them all the time, and, and they I love the Tennessee audience that listens to my show at, at the J Boy Show because we talk about a lot of stuff with Tennessee and Jeremy and, and, recruiting, but again, Jeremy's such a good recruiter. And again, you have to win the keep him. and you're seeing kind of what's happening now. But I look at that Tennessee roster and, and it's amazing because the quarterback is the brain of the body, obviously on the team. Well, you take the brain out. It doesn't matter how strong your arm muscles are. It doesn't matter how strong your leg muscles are. The body's not going to function. I look at guys like Josh Palmer. I look at y'all's offensive line. I look at some of those creatures. God, Totolu, y'all got on defense at linebacker. Give me 11 of those guys. That dude is going to be a stud in the NFL. But, again, how do you not have a quarterback in year three? Because that's my problem. If you're going to be a defensive guy, Jeremy, if you're going to be a defensive guy, what's the first thing you know that an offense has to have? What's the thing that scares you the most? And, to me, Tennessee is a beautiful, perfect 10 walking down the street, man. Just gorgeous. but. There's no brain in there. So the body doesn't function. So technically, <laughs> it's not even walking down the street. It's just standing there. So until that changes, and that shocks me at Tennessee, because you know as well as I do, I like the Harrison Bailey kid. Why is that kid not been getting snaps? You know, yeah. it's not like, because Guarantano's is going to screw it up eventually. We've seen this movie. How many times, Kirby? How many times do we got to see this movie?
0: Yeah, I know. I, and, I know, completely it, agree with just, you. It
1: blows my mind.
0: I'm glad that you said it. I
1: know what Tennessee can be, and I know how frustrating it's got to be as a Tennessee fan, knowing that you guys have the resources, you have the buy-in, you have the social media presence, because y'all do it about as good as anybody. And this past summer was a great example of it. But And, again, it's all a PR battle. But until you have a quarterback that can put it on airplane mode and win you a game, you're (laughs) going to keep making – But, again – Kirby, why didn't y'all just run the ball against well, Auburn? Yeah, but, but what's so going on, dog?
0: That's that, that's the thing too. I, you know, I always wished we'd run it more. Um, you know, being a former offensive lineman, I always think I'm a little biased with that. But yeah, well, but yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah I, I thought I thought almost I really did. I thought Jeremy Pruitt coached a game well enough to beat Auburn, and yeah. what happened is two missed field goals. So our kicker missed two That was huge by him. That was huge. And Garantano being him and throwing a pick six in the end zone. And, I mean, anybody in the world could have picked that ball off. He stared at a receiver with one high safety. The high safety has to cover (laughs) the entire field. And so he reads the quarterback eyes to pick which direction to go. And That's exactly he just, right. I mean, Monday had the easiest pick. It looked like it was going to dude. him the entire time. It was insane. And I honestly did think. Did you this see him after the game?
1: Would, did you see the quote? What did he say? Yeah. Did he said, they asked him about the pick. He said, yeah. Uh, JG stares down at his receivers all the time. He was like, I just seen him stare at him and took off like, dude, but bro, here's what I'm saying, Kirby. I'm watching y'all run power insert and trucks and get nine a pop yeah it's great like i don't care if you got the greatest pass but i don't care during those drives because i'm watching it like when y'all came out that first drive and we're running insert and in between those b gaps and and it was squirting through for 9 15 12 because auburn's linebackers are little and their d lines not able to get off combos and by the time the linebacker saw where the back was you know a guy three times the size was on top of and then you let here's the thing you let gorantano do it, though. You gave yeah. him the option to do it. You called the play. Why not just turn around and it to Eric, hand it to Eric Gray and say, listen, we're about to pound this thing. If we get in third and eight and we have to throw it, we will. But with Gorantano, if you're going to play – because to me, Jeremy's trying to have both. You can't have both. You can't say that, oh, well, you know – We're going to run an offense that, you know, we're going to try and be balanced and we're going to try and let Guarantano throw it and make some throws and then say that you don't trust him and he's the reason. Well, if he's the reason and he has to play and he's the guy that you are playing on the field, then you put him in that position to make that throw. You saw the coverage before the snap. You could have called timeout. And to me, that's on Jim Chaney and that's on Jeremy Pruitt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said at the beginning of the season there was a lot of games where and we didn't do it as much versus versus you guys versus Auburn, but I mean, going five wide, five man protection, yeah, in, yeah. in, in him trying to see the entire field uh-huh. and like, I, I was like, what? there should never be a scenario where Garantano is, you know, five man protection trying to make yeah. It, yeah. it. Yeah, let me let me read through it. Let me defense. let me read
1: field to boundary.
0: Yeah, there's no way. Like he is not yeah. there yet, and I and so I'm glad that you said it's it's the quarterback piece that's missing because I think if there was someone else, it would have been a completely. I think if we had spring practice, a full training camp, a full off season, that Harrison Bailey would have probably started by the Arkansas game.
1: Dude, I watched like I, that kid in high school. I watched that kid – I don't know if it was Lounge, I can't remember who they beat. I watched him throw, and he is a natural throw of the ball, but he's got moxie. He's got that ability because even – and, again, it was kind of garbage time with Auburn a little bit. Uh, yeah. But what I saw from him – because I look at their eyes. I look at their eyes, their feet, and their shoulders. And the thing I like about him is that when he – is in the pocket he looks comfortable in the pocket number one but when he is reading i can see his eyes and i can see the pace that he's reading and it doesn't look like it's super fast to him from a recognizing coverage and from a throwing guys open standpoint i was more impressed at the places where bailey was putting the ball when he came in because it wasn't a hey i'm just gonna try and make the a throw and put it right on your hands every single time it's oh, there's the safety, or, or there's the corner, you're running the out, I've got to kind of pinch it down, so he doesn't have a chance to get his hand on the ball. It's little stuff like that, because if you're willing to take that chance to me, or if you're willing to try and manipulate where the ball is due to where the DB is, that shows me that at least you're heading down the right path. I think he's better than Guarantano already, but you know, uh, th- there's a very small sample size but it just shocks me. And I agree with you hundred percent Kirby. I think if you had a spring, I think we had a normal summer, which we all know how important the summer is for those guys with the coaches, not even there just to get out there and develop some chemistry. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they had a a legitimate summer if him and Josh Palmer didn't have some sort of rapport, uh, especially down the field. So, you know, I'm sure you'll ask me the the big question about Pruitt here soon, but, uh, again, it's year three. got to have a quarterback, dog. Like, I don't understand that, especially when you recruit the way that Jeremy recruits because he's a hell of a recruiter, and he's a hell of an X's and O's guy on defense. I remember Jeremy when he was at Hoover High School, and he's always been so well thought of from an X's and O's standpoint defensively that he just needs to get a quarterback and then get the hell out of the way.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I, I completely agree with you. I think I – you know, I said a couple weeks ago that, you know, I think Maurer – even and Bailey both have more talents than Garantano, but yeah,
1: Maurer's tough man. The God, the a tough
0: cookie dog, the experience that Garantano has, and it, most likely what, the reason why I think those other guys haven't gotten a lot of chances to play is the knowledge of the offense, is understanding yeah. what Jim yeah. Cheney wants to do. Garantano knows it more, so that's the reason why he's playing. And you know, I said it before this before the Vandy game got postponed, I. Put Harrison Bailey in. You're not going to win the SEC. You're not going to win the SEC East. You're not going to like. Yep. Year does. What do you count. got to lose? Yeah. Put him in there. Get him ready for next year. And tell. Uh, Garantano, he, he can transfer if he wants. I know this year didn't count for him. He's yeah, to be a yeah, go to year.
1: Arkansas and just see what happens. Yeah, bro. Hey,
0: you can be a graduate transfer, but, like, you're not – <laughs> Hey,
1: you never well. know, dog. I heard – yeah, go to go to Liberty. I heard that guy's a witch at turning people's careers around.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, <laughs>
0: yeah, so my next question, obviously, fans coming after Pruitt, you're not happy with Gus Malzahn. You know, you just mentioned Liberty. Yeah. Talking about Hugh Freeze, you know, when, <laughs> when is yeah, when is a when do you think is the time to fire a coach? And then, you know, when you're hiring a coach, like, is it yeah. all just about wins and losses? Because if it is, that's what Hugh Freeze is.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I just think number one, and I coach college football for nine years. You've been in it, you played it, you understand it the amount of of money and resources that goes into these programs, it it does ultimately come down to wins and losses because, you know, again, what other result uh, and think about in any business. I mean, if you're one of the top sales company, I believe the SEC is the best conference in the country with the best teams in the country. And I believe if if you're part of a sales team that is in the SEC of sales, uh, you expect good results when it comes to sales against your competition. And if not, uh, when you're paying people that much, because again, and I'm not the type. And again, I did it to say, you know, a coach needs to be fired. And and I think that there's every situation a little bit different, but, but I'd like to talk about it separately. So, so Gus Miles on first. Uh, he's been, it's year eight. We're in year eight. You went to the Natty in 2013 and you blew it because you didn't put the safe punt return team on the field before halftime, up 21 to three on fourth and three with the ball at midfield and a minute to go in the half, which is about the most obvious time to ever put a safe punt return team on the field. <laughs> I don't think anybody will ever forgive Scott Fountain for that. I was a special teams coach. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and I hope I get to see him in person. But that's another story for another day. But you're in year eight, you've got no national championships. You have one SEC championship almost a decade ago. You blew it in 2017 against Georgia in the SEC championship when you were dominating the game early and you'd already beat them earlier in the year. You're getting paid $7 million. Listen to these numbers. I think this will blow your mind. Not a lot of people outside of Auburn know these numbers. Auburn is two. when you get hired at Auburn, you get hired to beat Alabama, Georgia, and LSU. And the rest, you should beat. That's the way we look at it. Now we understand we're not going to go to the SEC championship every year. We're not going to win the national championship every year. We're not probably going to do what Alabama's been able to do with Nick Saban. But it's all cyclical. They'll be back soon. But when I look at Gus Malzahn, you're two and seven versus Georgia, and in reality, you're 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 a hail mary away from being one and eight against georgia which is yeah. unacceptable you're three and six against alabama and everybody always says well you know gus malzahn kind of has nick saban's number well really i don't know because i see he's three and six and there were a 25 point underdog in the iron bowl and bama covered so i don't want to hear anything <laughs> about that we had to run a field goal back it was we had the angels uh angels in the outfield bama you know the last two times we beat him that's basically yeah. what happened and you know y- you look you're 0-2 in New York Six Bowls. You had our first loss to, to Tennessee in 20 years in 2017. No offense against Tennessee. These are just the numbers. You had your first loss against South Carolina in 87 years. The last time we lost to South Carolina, I think Lincoln was the president. And they fired their coach two weeks later. So basically you lost to, to a ghost. And he just – here's my thing. I know when, you, when I look at Nick Saban, I look at Kirby smart. Hell, when I look at Jeremy Pruitt, if Jeremy, if they walked in my house, I'd be like, Oh my goodness, guys, what is up? Uh, You know, they have an air of, of alpha about them. If Gus Mm -hmm. Malzahn walked in my house, I'd ask him why he didn't knock first. And (laughs) at the end of the day, you haven't, you haven't signed a high school offensive tackle in three to four years, which is just sickening at Auburn. We're so bad up front on both sides of the ball. We can't rush the passer. We can't stop the run. Our offensive line. We have five guards out there playing. It's amazing. We're like the only us and the Houston Rockets have five guards out there playing, and <laughs> it just it blows my mind how you can be. The roster management has been so bad. And think about it. Every quarterback has regressed that Gus Malzahn has. Yep. Every quarterback, even Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham had a worse year his second year. Then he did his first – 2017 was a much better year for Jared Siddham. Bo Nix hasn't been developed because he doesn't have an offensive line, so you really can't develop a guy. Uh, Sean White regressed. Jeremy Johnson had to quit football he regressed so bad. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not good enough for $7 million. If I'm going to pay you $7 million a year, I need a return on my investment. And for eight years, and in year eight, Where we are in recruiting right now with 12 commits, whatever, ranked 47th or something, he's got to go. You need an alpha in here. It's the SEC West. Gus has had a nice career. He needs to go to the Sun Belt or something, or if he wants to retire, that's fine. That's kind of his jam. But he just can't go toe-to-toe with these guys in the official visit room. And here's the funny thing. Auburn will beat Texas A&M. Uh, just because this is the game that Gus wins and it's not against Alabama, Georgia, and LSU because the best Gus is desperate Gus. That's so what keeps him on. And Texas a and may be a little bit overrated. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I think it's time to move on from Gus Malzahn. Give me Hugh Freeze. Listen, we all make mistakes. I laugh because they're like, oh, man, can we hire Hugh Freeze in the, in the SEC and I look and I see some of the guys that have coached in the sec, but then I also see that he's the head coach at Liberty, which I don't think they just give anybody that job. I think you have to be like anointed a saint or like, I don't know, revive a <laughs> revive an animal in front of a, a crowd of people. I don't know how you get that job, but again, I think it's the great redemption story. Give me Hugh freeze or Mario Cristobal. Let's bring Muschamp in here, to the DC. Let's get this thing back to light like it was in 04 when we were just slapping people and walking out of the club.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know UT fans are speaking the same thing they want Hugh Freeze too that you know they want they yeah. want Pruitt out and and my whole thing about it is you know it's a little different for you 8 years in um, you know writing's on the wall we know yeah. exactly what he is in Gus Melzon with Pruitt um, with what has happened in the past you know 10 15 years of Tennessee football since they fired Phil Fulmer yeah this recurring thing of hiring a coach three years, firing a coach, hiring a coach, firing a coach, hiring a coach, firing I'm i just tired of it happening that way and I think <laughs> if you continue to do that, no matter how many good recruits you get in those little three years, it, it there's a drop, there's a drop, there's a drop yeah. and I just don't think there's ever yeah. a foundation if you don't keep them on, like people were asking for Pruitt's head and I just don't think it's quite time yet. Mm-hmm. What say you?
1: Uh, no, I mean I think you're exactly right, and and you know I think the difference is you did talk about the years. Obviously, Malzon's in year eight, and you know you'd love to see what Jeremy could do with the quarterback. And, and again, it just uh, I think if you're a Tennessee, you got to give him another year. I, I don't I don't think it, you got to give him a chance with with a with a quarterback that. Has a spring that has a summer, a guy that they recruited, a guy that they identified as the guy. Because again, he's still one cycle away from it totally being his deal. You know, it's yeah, I, I believe in the four cycles, I believe in that fourth cycle because again, you have the guys that and you know, this you have the guys that you come in, the older guys you have to convince. Jeremy's going to do that because he's he knows football and the players know that he cares about him. That's the, that's why Jeremy's such a good recruiter, is that he's genuine. He's not fake. Jeremy's not fake. And his biggest deal, it's funny. It's because you can't. And I think Kirby smarts learning this right now is that you may be a defensive guy and you can be the smartest defensive guy in the planet, but in today's game, you're ain't, you're not winning games, nine to six, dog. You got to be able to score and you got to be able to sacrifice a little bit of that defensive, you know, mojo. Whether it's tempo, whether it's throwing the ball around the yard, whether it's mixing it up, whatever, whatever, you got to be able to sacrifice a little bit of that defensive mojo uh, to be able to score some points because it not only helps you in recruiting offensively, it also makes you more balanced as a team. And that I just think Tennessee's missing a quarterback, man. I, I know that sounds simple. I know that sounds simple. And I'm not trying to give Jeremy a cop out, but I see the cats y'all got running around. Like I look at yeah. y'all up front. Now, I don't think Cade Mays has played as good as what people thought he was going to play. Um, but he's still a really good player. Y'all have the tools. Y'all, y'all have the car. Y'all just don't have the keys. Y'all just got to find the keys. Where are the keys, Kirby? Where are they under the couch? Are they, uh, you know, uh, under the chair? Are they in the laundry room? Who left them in their pocket? Let's check the laundry room. And I think Tennessee can find the keys. They can start the car.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, Jeremy Pruitt being that defensive mind, that's why he went and got Chaney, who was – that that was yeah. the number yeah, one yeah, offense yeah. in SEC, was the Georgia team. Like, that is why he went and got him, is to yeah. be like, hey, I, I need you to take over this offense. I'm not an offensive-minded guy. I need you to be able to make these – and there's a lot of times where is just missed because he's over-hyping or or thinking that Garantano is better than he is. Like, he doesn't yeah. like. Not yeah. realizing his talent level, which is just crazy to me. And a lot well, of he's YouTube not from.
1: You gotta stop treating him like he's from. He's yeah. not Jake Fromm. Jim chaney has gotta get over that. Like Jake Fromm caught a lot of hell. And, and I don't understand it. Because number one, all the dude did was win, but he understood that he it's almost like the Bo Nicks thing that we talked about. He understood. That I'm good enough to make these throws. okay? I'm probably going to be a backup in the NFL my whole life because I'm not super athletic. I don't have a great arm. But what he did was Jim Cheney knew that he wouldn't make the mistake. He'd make the right throw and Jake Fromm would throw the check down. See, that's what separates, I think, a lot of these college quarterbacks is that just like OCs, they're greedy. The check down is not fun to them. The check down when you're running the post wheel to the, you know, to the boundary and you want to hit the wheel because uh, you think you got them in man and they can rub with no help over the top. And all of a sudden it's covered up. He's not going to throw down in the back to make it second five. Jake from would And to me, it's funny. I had Dave Tollison who I coached with for a couple of years, who was the uh, one, two super bowls with the New York giants. He was straight hands back at defensive end. I don't know if you remember the big white defensive end that would do the karate kick after the sacks. That, I was, don't, that, I that don't. was Dave. That was big Dave. He, he kind of patented that move or whatever. But he told me, because I asked him, I was like, man, because he played 10, 12 years. And I was like, who are the two best quarterbacks that you face? And he's like, well, it's obvious, but not for an obvious reason. He's like, it's Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And I was like, why? He's like, because those guys will nickel and dime you and check you down all the way down the field. They don't care. They, they don't care if they don't throw a post the whole game. If you're going to give them the swing, if you're going to give them the spot, if you're going to give them the arrow, they're going to take it. They're going to take their seven yards. They're going to get in second three, and they're going to beat the hell out of you. And it's yeah. a defense that drives you nuts. It drives you nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's probably why Tom Brady's struggling so much. Bruce Arians is making him force it downfield all the time. That's not what he's doing. Exactly. That ain't his at. game, baby. No. That ain't his
1: game, baby.
0: No. So, well, I, I I like the fact that you came on here and defended uh, <laughs> Coach Pruitt a little bit. Um outside perspective i know ut fans are ready to get yeah ready and them, look so. i feel
1: listen can, can i say this kirby to all yeah. the ut fans out there that are upset listen i understand and i am not trying to give jeremy pruitt a free pass all i'm saying is you guys have the car b- b- bought it's sitting in the driveway you got to give him a chance to find that for two and a half years, he's been looking around the whole house. He's looked in the backyard, on the porch, by the grill, underneath the sink, everywhere. But maybe this next year, maybe he can just be walking around and, and the dog accidentally finds it or he stumbles upon them in the last place he thought they would be. So I think you got to give him an, one more year to find the keys. And if he doesn't then, after year four, then we can really have a conversation uh, about, you know, can he really do it? Because I think that's the next phase of, of the argument.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think next year is the
1: deciding factor. Yeah, uh, but not but Gus, though. For... Get Gus gone this year. Get yeah, Gus gone. yeah. I like, I yeah like you guys want to, to make Gus sure and I'm get on.
0: Hugh before we do. So I understand yeah, I, where you Exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I think we view the SEC in, in our circumstances – Similarly, so very, very, very. I'm gonna that. get
1: you. Hey, I'm gonna get you on the J boys Show too. So uh, for sure, we, we need some. We need some Tennessee uh, perspective over there.
0: Yeah, I would love to talk X's and O's too. So whatever. Oh yeah, we can get whatever deep, kind we of. Can stuff, we can get weird. we can get
1: deep and weird into it, dog. Don't worry. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And like you mentioned, uh you can check out the J Boy Show uh Believe Podcast Network and uh, all about Auburn, all about SEC, and uh, great, great show.
1: Oh, well, shoot. I appreciate it, Kirby. You do a really good job, too, man, and uh, look forward to our future conversations.
0: Yeah, man. Have a good one, and uh, <laughs> hopefully Auburn can pull off his victory versus X-A-N-E.
1: <laughs> hey, we'll see. I, I, I didn't bet it because I don't touch it when when Auburn's involved, but, uh, man, uh, I appreciate it, Kirby. Keep doing it, bro. You do a heck of a job, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, buddy.
0: Okay, so today uh, I'm going to do the recap of the SEC a little different, uh, not go so in-depth on the stats. Uh, I'm just going to give you some points and my thoughts. So, Texas a m plays Auburn. Uh, they win the game 31-20. to 20. I think Texas a m is a great team. Uh, you know, I think they have really good uh, players, and uh, Weidermeyer, their tight end, is amazing. But uh, I don't know if they're number five. I think if they played Florida again right now, Florida would win. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, if Florida wins the SEC championship versus Bama, Texas m has no shot uh, for the playoffs because it's going to be Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida, Bama. <laughs> they, you know, they're out of it. So I, I guarantee they're rooting for Bama to win, um, and hopefully they can uh, jump somebody to get in. But they're not quite the team that Florida is. Uh, Missouri and Arkansas. Arkansas wins fifty to forty eight crazy ending to the game. Arkansas goes for two after a touchdown late in the game. It bounces off defender's chest for Missouri, and they catch it. So they go up by a point, 48-47. I mean, the highs and lows of that, where you, you think you sealed the game with a pick, and then they catch it, and you think, oh, we just lost the game. And then they end up kicking a long field goal and a 50-yarder, and make it 50 to 48 and win the game. I mean, crazy, crazy outcome. Uh, such a high-scoring game, too. Insane. Um, next one's Kentucky versus South Carolina. Kentucky wins 41 to 18. You know, South Carolina is just not there this year. You know, obviously losing their coach, and it, it's it's a wrap. You know, they they don't have anything going for them. They're Trying to just think of next year and what can be. Um, and then Alabama versus LSU 55 to 17. Alabama's offense is out of this world. I mean, in the first half, they just blew up LSU. Devontae Smith is a beast. Najee Harris is a beast. Mac Jones is incredible. I mean, I don't know who you'd give the Heisman to between Trask and Jones, because both of them are playing amazing. And, I mean, what a shootout the SEC Championship is going to be. That will be a very entertaining game. Um, So that's the recap uh, for this weekend. Let's talk some Florida-Tennessee. Okay, so first thing I want to say, can Ty Chandler please stop falling in the backfield? What What is happening? I've never seen someone fall so many times without touching anyone. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I about punched my new TV. I'm so... <laughs> I don't get why he is falling so much in the backfield. It makes no sense. <sighs> Anyways, I'm also very confused as to what Jeremy Pruitt's deal is. You've lost six in a row, so when you go to media, they're going to ask you tough questions. They're going to ask you weird questions. They're going to—I mean—they're going to be all over you because people are asking for you to be fired. They're, we haven't had success, so they're going to be like, "Hey, what the heck is going on?" You can't be a smart Alec and say, "Well, we didn't get to the first down marker." Like, dude, you're losing. A lot. Six in a row. Losing by a lot. You like you can't be an ass to the media that they're going to ask you those kind of questions because they don't understand why we're not winning and why we're not playing well. So there you go. I do agree that it's an execution problem. I think the guys aren't executing like they should because it, you know we're putting in right spots but they're just not doing it I, I mean the pass interference in the end zone right before half the, the the you know man covers just getting whooped just getting juked out by Tony like crazy I just you're just not executing so you know people were saying like well he he hasn't been able to succeed with the amount of talent like he's not taking advantage of the amount of talent Tell me the people on our team that are like those Florida Gators on theirs. There aren't any. Like, we don't have Kyle Trask or Pitts or Tony. We don't have one of those right now. So, like, there are a lot more talented teams than us right now. Okay? So, we just... It takes time. We're getting there. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt inherited a dumpster fire. So... you know, his guys aren't even that old yet. So, we're just trying to figure this out. I, You know, I thought both quarterbacks played well. I like the way that Harrison Bailey looked. I like his escapability. Uh, You know, I think both of them are faster than Garantano. Uh, I mean, Garantano seems so lumbering when he's out there running. But uh, I, I thought they both played great. And, I mean... Honestly, JT Shroud still has three years left to play. He's a redshirt sophomore, so why not? Why can't he be our starter for the next three years? I mean, you know, it's how Alabama does it. They, you know, they usually don't start the freshman quarterback or, or freshman running back. Or, you know, they give him a couple years. They start to understand, you know, the offense, understand the team dynamics all that kind of stuff then they come in and play and they're really good so uh, you know <laughs> he's the third year he'll be a technically a third year guy but a fourth year guy starting and still having three like it's that's awesome yeah i i don't know i mean i, I like harrison bailey a lot but he's only a freshman you know this year doesn't count so he'll be a freshman again next year you redshirt him. So after that, he'll still have four years and he's, you know what I mean? It's just like, hey, not bad. Not bad setup. If he comes in after JT Stroud gets done and he's a three year starter and we just like continue to have quarterbacks that are three year starters, like that's a good way to go about stuff. It, it, it like, to redshirt a guy, get get him an extra year under his belt of just knowledge and understanding the game and everything like that, and then he starts. I'm not opposed to that. You know, I, I think uh, Jeremy Pruitt, the reason why you're on the hot seat, the reason why everyone is calling for your head, the reason why you haven't been doing well is that quarterback position. That is the sole reason and you leaving Jarrett Garantano to start is the biggest problem. People would not have cared if we lost with a freshman quarterback because he was a freshman quarterback. You know, he was saying, because fruit was saying he didn't want to, you know, put him into a bad situation, like starting him in a bad situation. Okay, I understand, but you know that, Garantano isn't it, right? Like like you can see that. So, you know, what why have him in there? Why depend on his arm in some instances? Like like honestly having the game depend on his decision making and his play. Don't do that. Have it be dependent on the offensive line or have it be dependent on the running back, not on are flaky sometimes up sometimes down quarterback who has emotional b- bipolar stuff that goes like that's not who the game should be dependent on it just that doesn't make any sense but I like the fact that we're not having him in there I, I mean like and also did he just fake the injuries to the media? Is he like, oh yeah, Brian Maurer hurt his hamstring and JT tore his labrum? What? Like, did he just say that so Florida didn't know who was playing? I don't understand it because they both looked completely fine. And those are big injuries to have. Like, you can't play with those injuries. So that's what confused me so much. I mean, I don't know you know, what people expected, like they thought we were going to beat Florida. And it it, it like makes it almost worse that we were up for a second and then we lost big because people got their hopes up and then it was crushed and then it made it to where they thought in their heads, oh, we were supposed to beat Florida. Well, no, no, we weren't. Florida is number six in the nation. They're a very good team. They are going to compete with Alabama in the SEC championship, they could be in the college football playoffs. We weren't going to win that game. That wasn't going to happen. We got our hopes up, and it was crushed, which is very Tennessee football. But, everyone knew we weren't going to win that game, right? You know, they're coming out with this narrative like, oh yeah, he couldn't beat Florida. Like, everyone knew we weren't going to win that. Florida's the best team they've been in years. So, there, you know, there wasn't much of a chance there. Hmm. Boy. I mean, we're going into Vandy. I want to see more discipline out of the team, more understanding of what's going on. This is your Western Kentucky, your North Texas, your ECU game in the middle of the season. Uh, no, three-fourths of the way through the season that you can really concentrate on some stuff and get some stuff figured out. Now, it sucks that it happens, you know, second-to-last game, all that kind of stuff, but this is where we can really take a step. I know we're going to win this game. We should win this game. And, you know, after the game, after we win, people are going to be like, Oh, yeah, good job. Great win versus Vanderbilt, the worst team in the SEC. That's not the point of the game. Like, the point of the game is to further the development of all the players, to have them gain confidence in themselves, let themselves know what it's like to win, just having a win under their belt. Like, that is a huge thing. I mean, your psyche is a lot different when you lose and when you win. And losing six straight is tough. So just like getting a win out of the way, like get it into your head that you're a winner so that you can move on and, and progress like you should. So I'm glad this week is here. I'm glad that we get to play Vandy. I wish it was last week so we could have had a win going into Florida. Might have made the game a little bit different, but we're still getting it. It's going to be good for us. Trying to stay positive, thinking positive thoughts here, people. Positive thoughts. That's the only way to do it. Uh, but I appreciate you guys listening today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation with J Boy uh, from the J Boy Show, Jake Kane. And um, SEC recap and everything like that. So please rate and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Share it on social media if you can. Um, and follow me on social media Kyler Kurberson, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on there. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Bet Online. Go follow uh, Believe Podcast Network. And as always, go, Vols.